This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down District 5 and 6 athletics and activities week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. The East Idaho PrepCast is presented by No Vape Idaho. That is Idaho Public Television's uh, campaign to raise awareness about the dangers of youth vaping. Be smart. Don't start. We get it started with our East Idaho expert, Sean Kane. Yo, what's up? Long time no talk. Oh, baby. To quote my favorite broadcaster right over. Oh, this way. (laughs) (laughs) Did we have some hot action this weekend? Let's just dive into it. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Sean and I were uh, broadcast partners for the Class 5A state basketball tournament, which uh, featured some pretty good performances from some East Idaho teams. Nothing quite like the other classifications, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't realize, but after probably the nine million three that we saw, you know, I was just, <laughs> oh baby, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. I mean, what? I mean, I don't know. The 5A probably shot close to forty percent probably overall from three-point line i would go on a limb to say there's a lot of three balls it was it was a really fun tournament for sure but yes we're going to go through all the girls state basketball action preview state wrestling get you caught up to snuff on what's going on in boys basketball district tournament action sean you've got a concert to get to tonight so we got to run through this chip chop kind of quickly so we'll stay on track okay because i'm (laughs) the straight and arrow here (laughs) yeah you're you're locked in and ready to go uh, the biggest story of the weekend, I thought, was at the 2A state tournament, Sean, where nobody outside of Montpelier gave the Bear Lake Bears a shot at winning the 2A state title. Not only did they get there, it was an all-East Idaho final. Nobody predicted North Fremont and Bear Lake, and yet they met for the title. Bear Lake played one of the all-time great defensive tournaments across all three games. They beat North Fremont 41-35 to win their first title since 1999. How about it? That was awesome. I was big on Bear Lake all season long. Um, I knew it would be a tough road, and with a couple of upsets, they got there. They got it done. And, man, I mean, and North Fremont, though, it's, like, hard not to talk about North Fremont. Um, I I would doubt many had them on their radar um, to be in that final. I I know I didn't. I, I I fell to that, but. Yeah, Bear Lake, great job. But it hats off to North Fremont to be there as well. Uh, no, nothing to feel bad about there. Yeah, North Fremont took out Grangeville, kind of the number one seed and presumptive favorite by a point, 43 42. It was a really exciting game where North Fremont scored the game tying basket with like a second to go, Sean. And then we had, you know, the foul call, the and one. And North Fremont stepped to the line, made the free throw to get to the championship. It was a really exciting battle. And here's, yeah, look at this. Debbie, she told me last week on the state tournament preview, Sean, uh, the, the, the preview show, Sean, I told you that a week ago. Don't underestimate our Bears. Debbie, you are right. I'll wear it. Wow. I was so impressed by Bear Lake and what Coach Ken Wells was able to do. Really the key for them, Sean, was their defense. And that's kind of been their bedrock all season. Yeah, they kept teams... Um, they kept a lot of the games low scoring and anytime they could keep the teams kind of in that low scoring, uh, kind of bracket, they were right in there to win. So, um, I'm not super surprised bear Lake was there at the end. I mean, think about it, you know, banners, blue trophies, bears. (laughs) Yeah. Let me write that down. That's a good title. Banners, 
blue trophies and bears and their colors almost the same blue um as the first place trophy so uh destiny i don't know maybe if i was Aaron Rodgers, i'd say there's a conspiracy theory there but i'm not so oh boy <laughs> yeah hey let's give a, a shout out to um our uh, all tournament team from class two way the idaho sports.com broadcasters uh, pick an all tournament team uh, at the conclusion of the state tournament we have those on the website at idaho sports.com the mvp as chosen by our idaho sports.com broadcasters sean sadie shaw from bear lake high 17 points per game 3.7 rebounds per game throughout the tournament every time they needed a bucket it seemed like she was the one that was providing it yeah she came up with some big three pointers right down the stretch they always seemed to go to sadie shaw for she would hit a three-pointer i felt like every time i was watching or going back and listening it was it's like shaw for three you know and and she did it all tournament long but man in that in that final game she was uh lights out yeah, so Sadie Shaw, a very deserving MVP. Here's the all-tournament team, Sean, from the 2A tournament. Hallie Wells of Bear Lake was our defensive MVP. And then Grace Heiner from North Fremont won the sixth man award. Um, other nominees or other uh, selections from North Fremont, Josie Richardson made the first team all-tournament. Uh, Peyton Lenz made the second team all-tournament there. And then for Bear Lake, rounding out the selections, Taisley Neal made the second team all tournament there as well. So congratulations to Bear Lake and North Fremont and, you know, Soda Springs also, Sean, we should mention uh, the Cardinals did get to Saturday play also. Nettie Garbett from Soda Springs made the first team all tournament and Abby Gooden was an honorable mention selection there as well. So nice job, East Idaho there at the 2A tournament. What a fun one that was. Yeah, it was, it was just outstanding. And uh, to have two, uh, East Idaho teams in the final. I couldn't have asked for more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Our other all East Idaho final, Sean, happened at the 3A state tournament where it was number one versus number two, Teton and Snake River. Uh, I had been picking Snake River to win most of the season. That didn't change on our state tournament preview show. And sure enough, a second half comeback for the ages. I mean, really the turning point in that championship game, Sean. Teton was in control for the whole game i mean honestly, i was i was ahead. there i was there i sat through it um i felt like teton was in the driver's seat i mean that's the best way to describe it they came out hot um firing on all cylinders and slowly but surely snake i when you think back to uh, that game it's hard to even think how snake river got back to the lead and they did and then won it was it was it was that kind of game like teton it was teton 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 and then there was just enough room for uh snake river to kind of slither in <laughs> real real that was good i like that real key point was riley edlifson hits a step back three um that finally gave snake river their first lead in that second half and um, they were buoyed after that and they win 53 45 they repeat as the 3a state champions and not only that but riley edlifson repeats as the 3a state tournament mvp sean 15.3 points per game five rebounds per game 3.3 assists per game and remember uh, she had only been playing for like the past week she had been out for the month prior to that due to a hand injury yeah she had that injury she came back uh she looked good in that in that championship game uh she looked like you know the leader of that team really got him going handles the ball well and then in that championship game she shot pretty well from the three-point line which i thought was amazing and just key baskets and come up with steals 
And you know, one thing that you should look at is that five rebounds per game. She's definitely not the tallest player out there in that championship game, but she did rebound exceptionally well. Did whatever she had to do to help lead her team to victory. Here's our all tournament team and the uh, rest of the honors from the three, a state tournament. Haley Nash of snake river wins the sixth man award. Reese Baldwin from snake makes the first team. Camden Dunn makes the second team. That's all from Snake River. What about Teton, the runner-up? Grace Hogan and Reese Coons both make the first team all-tournament squad. Melissa Bagley and Abby Barkdoll make the second team for all-tournament as well. And then on the honorable mention, Addison Jensen from American Falls, Sean. Uh, the Beavers went two and out there at the 3A state tournament. Um, played Filer really tough on Friday, lost by nine, but... You know, they had a good run just to get to state for the first time in a long time as well. Okay. Are you ready for our third all East Idaho championship game, Sean? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on one sec. Okay. <laughs> Sean's going to take off for a second. While we do that in the comments, it's teased already here from Carter Cannon. Congrats to the Russets, only undefeated team in state men's and women's basketball. So there it is. I almost forgot, we, you know, we were supposed to have props. Our boss, Paul Kingsbury, told us, so I had to bring my prop. <laughs> what is that? Well, when I did the district championship game, they had these on the seats um, in Shelly for the fans. It's a, it's a King Russet. <laughs> that looks awesome. <laughs> so <That's> sweet. <laughs> and they're black and, and gray and red. And yeah, I took one. I'm sorry. Uh, my my kids love the russet, so I, I got one. So I had to get my prop, the King Russet Russet, because I knew we were going to go into this game. <laughs> That's awesome. That looks cool. That's really fun. Put it right there. <laughs> yeah, just you'll have to. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, you'll have to take it with every broadcast now when you go to Shelly High now. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we get we do a lot of games there when we can, and I just thought it was a cool. They, you know, they just had a little plastic Russet King Russet toy for everyone on uh, on the Shelly side and. I definitely had to grab one. Joel Richards, um, who also broadcasts with us here in East Idaho, he, he didn't get one. I know he's a little disappointed at home. Uh-oh, Joel Richardson. He's going to have to – we'll see if he's in the comments. He's usually <laughs> watching. We'll have to see if he's – I gave him a bunch of state boys basketball prep to do, though, so we'll see. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, I mean, that was – that was probably the second biggest storyline uh, outside of Bear Lake when it went at all, I thought, but I thought we'd just go 2A, 3A, 4A. It was Shelly and Skyline, our third All-East Idaho championship battle, Sean. Um, this one was actually, you know, Skyline kept this really close until, you know, we got to the early stages of the fourth, and Skyline just, you know, all the points had been scored by Shea Shippen and Kaisa Shippen, basically. And you're like, is somebody else going to step up and make a bucket? Because they're kind of hanging on by their fingernails a little bit. And Shelly, of course, a deep, talented roster, eventually pulled away for the 59-49 victory. Congratulations to Shelly, the only undefeated team in girls basketball. I don't think there are any undefeated teams left in boys basketball. So they're the only team to to finish with the goose egg this year yeah what a just incredible feat and uh i kind of think of shelly is like the justice league everyone talks about you know brindley cannon um as the big star but they're kind of like the justice league they just have a, a a nice set of characters um that back them up as far as 
you know, Mia Williams, um, all these players, they just they have a little bit of a superstar in all the little positions. And they're kind of like the Justice League of teams. You couldn't there's Brindley Cannon. You know, maybe she's Superman. But then, you know, you got Aquaman. You got you got all the different people, the Flash, um, Casey Lang. So, yeah, kind of the Justice League. I like that. That's a good that's a good correlation there between Shelly and, and what they were able to do as a team. You know, congratulations to Skyline as well. They beat Pocatello in, in an all-time great semifinal, 51-48, where uh, the two teams just traded blows back and forth. Um, the freshman um, came in off the bench, Macy Marlowe, and hit a big free throw to put Skyline up three. Pocatello had a shot down three with like five seconds to go. They throw the ball away and turn it over. Um, Pocatello did a rebound to take third place, 56-44 over Lakeland as well. So you're talking about the three teams that were there from East Idaho, Sean. They sweep the top three spots. Shelly one, Skyline two, Pokey three. Yeah, and Pocatello, so close, did very well. Um, most of those girls come back. I mean, if you're Pocatello, uh, you know, you're you're not happy with how it ended. And you've got a whole year to come back with pretty much all those big components. Kenna Garza, Abby Lusk, um, man, they're they're going to be a team to watch out for next year in 4A for sure. Yeah. Well, let's uh, give you our 4A All-Tournament uh, honorees. Uh, of course, Brindley Cannon of Shelley, the MVP of the tournament, 19.3 points per game, 10.7 rebounds per game, three blocks per game. Sean, she averaged three blocks per game on the defensive end. I feel like the semifinal, she had like four that, yeah. we, that we did at the Idaho Center. I feel she was just blocking shots left and right. But yeah, phenomenal player. She averaged a double-double. That's really hard to do in a three-game sample. Um, so congratulations there. The rest of the all-tournament selections here. Abby Lusk of Pocatello was the defensive MVP, Sean. And then Sarah Kidman of Shelley won the sixth man award. So the individual awards swept by East Idaho schools. Keeping up with Shelley, Mia Williams made the first team all-tournament. Casey Lang made the second team for Skyline, the Shippen sisters, Kaisa the senior, Shea the junior, they both were named to the all-tournament first team. And then from Pocatello, you had Kenna Garza make the first team um, as well there. I mean, just look at that first team, Sean, uh, with CJ Lotta from Minico, Garza from Pocatello, Mia Williams, and the Shippen sisters. Those are all like legitimate like division one players yeah i mean i kind of want to see like the first team go against maybe the you know the award winners and brindley cannon that, how about that matchup <laughs> that's uh that's like justice league versus avengers or something. Be, yeah <laughs> not in the box office but yeah um <laughs> right yeah not in the box office but on the court that'd be a pretty fun matchup so congratulations there okay sean well our first champion that did not face a fellow east idaho team for the title but our fourth champion in girls basketball from east idaho comes at the 1a d1 level the grace grizzlies take out a very high octane lapway team 47 to 40 to win the title their height gave lapway problems lapway loves to penetrate and get to the bucket and grace shut the water off at every turn inside um, it was a really impressive 47 to 40 win for grace and the Grizzlies are state champs once again. Yeah. You kind of, you know, you talk about Bear Lakes defense, but you feel like grace's defense was also a real key component to their run um, this weekend. They're, they're tall, but they play lengthy and they can clog up the passing lanes, block shots. Uh, I felt like the Grizzlies defense was also 
um, really important to what they did uh, this past weekend. And they had the more difficult matchup, I thought, in the semifinals against Prairie. That was a game they won 56-52 because Prairie had the height to match Grace. And then once they got past that, I thought, man, unless Lapway can get a lot of turnovers that lead to some fast break buckets, you know, Grace is is probably in a pretty good position. So congratulations to the Grace Grizzlies. Um, let's get you the all-tournament team selections. But first, we want to introduce you to our MVP of the 1A D1 State Tournament. Sean, I've got to get it loaded here. It's just taking a second. But <laughs> it's Sydney Smith from Grace. She nearly averaged a double-double, 17 points per game, nine rebounds per game. So congratulations, Sydney Smith from Grace, our MVP of the 1A D1 State Tournament. Yeah, just a great tournament for Sydney Smith. And when you're, like you said, if you're almost averaging a double-double or averaging a double-double, uh, yeah, it's it's hard not to win those MVP awards. Yep, pretty phenomenal. The rest of the 1A D1 all-tournament uh, honorees here, Tessica Jorgensen from Grace won the Sixth Man Award. Also from Grace, J.C. Christensen named to the first team. Melody Stratman named to the second team. Stratman left late in that championship game with about five minutes to go with a, with an arm injury. Um, and that was a pivotal moment for grace. They kind of rallied after losing one of their key leaders in Melody Stratman and, and were able to, to withhold and withstand a, a Lapway's final push there to get the championship win. So congratulations to grace. All right, let's highlight what happened at the five, a state tournament, Sean, where, we had Madison and Rigby as the two representatives from East Idaho. The closest game in the opening round of action, Sean, was actually Madison versus Boise, the eight versus one. The Bobcats pushed Boise for much of that contest. They fell by nine, 40 to 31, and then they only lost to Rocky Mountain by five in a loser out game, 55 to 50. I'll admit, Madison was not on my radar all year. I wasn't sure how battle-tested they were because they just didn't play any other 5A teams except for the teams in their conference. Um, but seeing them with my own eyes, Sean, I was very impressed with this Madison team. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, Madison wasn't, um, you know, they're the eighth seed versus the first seed. Not that the seeds are always right. We won't go into that. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, in, in person, I mean, they hung tight with Boise, really well and you you know you either think the boys have a bad game or it was madison better than we thought we were and i think it's madison was better than we thought they were um they just unfortunately only had to play rigby all the time and sometimes when you play a team whole bunch it just that's what you get but you know it's real impressive that 55 to 50 loss over rocky mountain because rocky mountain wasn't you know bad either they had chances against you know whoever you know quarter who won it um late in that game so madison yeah definitely a good job um a young team and have a lot to look forward to and then on the other side of the coin we did have rigby in action they end up taking fourth place at state they get nothing for their troubles and the fifth place team gets a trophy which again <laughs> just doesn't make a lot of sense to me but this was a the top four i thought really stood out right boise and Coeur d'Alene, and then lake city and rigby and so rigby gets to the semifinals against lake city they battled tough. They fell by three points, Sean, 56-53. Essentially, um, they had a couple of looks at the basket late in that semifinal loss. Um, there was a possession down the stretch where the, um, Rigby was down by two, right? And they they had drawn up a play out of bounds. 
I believe it was Danzy drove the lane yeah. and tr tried to hit a little floater. A player had fallen down in the key and there was just bodies laying everywhere. It went through Cambry Barber's fingertips and just landed out of bounds to Lake City. But Rigby had their shots and it was just an all-time classic game and Rigby's got no shame in losing that. No, just, and you know, it was back and forth. I believe that it was tied at halftime. It was really in anyone's game and really uh, Rigby was really, really good. They had great players that had a great bench as we'll talk about, um, you know, Lake city, I think really just maybe hit a couple more three pointers is what it came down to. Uh, Sofia, Sophia Zufelt um, hit a clutch one from straight on the basket was really kind of the difference, but Rigby had their chances. And like you talked, or we talked about is any four of those teams in the semifinal, I think any mix of them could have been playing for the championship and, you know, they were both games were so close. Uh, you could, it could have easily been Boise Rigby or some mix of, of those four teams. Yeah. And then Rigby had to play Boise in the third place game. And even so, they still only lost by five, 53 48. So, what an outstanding season it was for Coach Todd Barber and the Rigby Trojans. Let's take a look at our all tournament team for 5A, Sean. Uh, Tiade Togiai of Rigby was our sixth man of the tournament. She came in uh, in the semifinals and she finished with 10 points and seven rebounds. Um, she was a big presence off the bench uh, for Rigby throughout the tournament. Yeah, I tell you what, if if Rigby wins that game, she's the player of the game for that game, in my opinion, because she brought um, the team kind of back to life, had a lot of fire and uh, everyone was just cheering and rallying for her and and if they would have won that game, uh, she would have been, for I, I think, the player of the game in, in my book. Yep. Cambry Barber makes the first team all tournament. Miley Graham makes the second team from Rigby. And then Maggie Anderson from Madison uh, makes honorable mention. All right, let's wrap up with 1AD2, Sean. Uh, we had three teams from the Rocky Mountain Conference there. We had Mackie, we had Ledor, we had Rockland. In that order, right? Mackie won districts. Ledor took second. Rockland finished third. Had to win the state play-in game just to get there. Of course, it's Rockland that survives the longest, right? That's just how it works at state. <laughs> Rock Rockland gets all the way to the consolation game against Salmon River. They win that game 62-33. to 33. This is a game that I was broadcasting on Saturday morning, Sean. Rockland put on that 1-2-2 press, and Salmon River just didn't know what to do with it. Um, the Perman cousins played really well. Callan Perman and Alexa Perman. Um, and then, you know, Freeman uh, inside and Roop. Um, those are the two posts for Rockland. They kind of feasted inside as well against a smaller Salmon River team. So first of all, congratulations to Rockland. You know, they lost to Dietrich in the opening round. They beat Mackey, their district rivals in the loser at game 46-41 and then came home with a trophy after all that. Yeah, it's hard to beat a team multiple times in a year, right? So, um, you know, when you get into that consolation that side of the the bracket, it's, you know, kind of who's, you know, still kind of who's in it, kind of fight it. Mackey had a great season, but that game was incredibly close, 46-41 um, with Rockland the win. So congrats to them. And unfortunately, Ledor just uh, just quite didn't have enough, maybe, maybe had the hardest bracket, even though they won, in my opinion, um, starting out with Kendrick. But that's... That's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, Ledor uh, had to play Kendrick right away and lost, and then they lost to Salmon River in a very tight loser-out game, 37-32. Easily could have been Rockland playing Mackey and then Ledor, <laughs> their two district rivals, back-to-back um, <laughs> -back there on the backside of the bracket. So congrats to all three teams that were there competing. Sean, our 1A-D2 
uh, all tournament team looks like this uh, from Rockland. Let's start there since they lasted the longest. Callan Perman made the first team. Her cousin Alexa Perman made the second team. And then from Mackey, you had Alyssa Hawley as an honorable mention. And from Ledor, Lexi Bird made the honorable mention team as well. And that puts a bow on girls state basketball, Sean, for the first time since 1995, not a single team from district three was competing. I don't know. I, I kind of liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. And it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, a great thing if you're not in district three, but I think it just really showcases the talent throughout the state. I mean, I'm going to say um, the East Idaho area is the best uh, because that's, you know what I think, but, we have a ton of great teams, so or four districts. Yeah, well, no, no, four champs. Yeah, four, four champs. champs. From East Idaho. Yeah, I mean this year, but I mean it just showcased that on any given year, where's that talent going to come from? Yeah, it came from East Idaho this year, but you know who, who knows what happens next year as things shift up. But yeah, it's it's interesting. The odds are definitely in their favor. I would say that to be there and win, but um, sometimes you know talent and hard work and good coaching you know defines the odds. Yeah, what a good showing it was for East Idaho. We'll get to state wrestling and boys basketball in just a second. But first, if you're from Idaho and between the ages of 13 and 18 years old, enter the No Vape video contest to expose the shadowy commercial tobacco marketing tactics behind vaping. All you have to do is uh, record and upload your 90-second vape bashing masterpiece, and you could win a portion of the more than $10,000 in prize money being awarded. Deadline to enter is April 1st. Winners will be announced May 1st. Raise your voice about the dangers of vaping and win big cash prizes from No Vape Idaho. For more details, just go to uh, your favorite web browser, type in No Vape Idaho, K-N-O-W, Vape Idaho, and you'll find all the contest details from there. This is cool. I like this. Yeah, I mean, everyone's on their phone anyways. Why not make a video? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, one of the best... Um, you know, uh, anti-smoking commercials I've seen for, for um, Project Filter when, when I used to live in Pocatello was actually some students from Showband High School filmed one and they would air it during the local news in the morning and I was I would always watch it. And I thought I thought the kids at Showband did a pretty good job with it. So, yeah, definitely peer interaction is the best way. No one wants to listen to you or me. They want to <laughs> listen to their peers. And that's that's a great avenue um, for a great message. Yep, for sure. All right, state wrestling, John. We covered the meat and potatoes of it on our Idaho Matt Chat Prepcast. It's our standalone wrestling prepcast we do every Tuesday night here on IdahoSports.com. But for those that uh, weren't able to catch that yet, we'll kind of give you just the Cliff Notes version. Uh, we kind of broke down contenders and dark horses in the team races for every classification. So when you look at 5A, Sean, Madison brings the second most uh, individuals competing with 21 only trails Meridian by 24. So right away, just by sheer numbers, you think, okay, Madison's in the mix for a top three finish. Yeah. And a few weeks ago, we kind of talked about Madison was kind of a quiet under the radar five, a team and man, that goes to show you, it's not going to be very quiet at state because there's 21 of them, um, at the competition. So, uh, yeah, the, I, I'm with just sheer numbers alone. You've got a chance to uh, find a trophy. Highland on the other side, going with the quality over quantity. They bring nine guys, but they are all legitimate point scorers. Colton George, especially. I'm really excited to see how he does on the mat for Highland. For the 4A, Sean, um, really the dark horse is Century with 16. That's the most out of District 5. 
And then Bonneville comes with 14 and Blackfoot comes with 12. Really, it's going to come down to Minico and Bishop Kelly for the title. Um, but who can who can break into that top five, that top three? I honestly think Bonneville has the best chance of the teams over here in the dark horse category. But yeah, Bonneville is, has been really good all year. They have a couple of hundred win um, wrestlers, right? Uh, Blackfoot is a team that is traditionally very good. So keep an eye out there. Century brings probably some of the most numbers they have in a while. So that's pretty good. Caldwell's always good. Um, it should be really exciting. I think it, I think it, it's hard not to say that that top battle is not between Bishop Kelly and Minico. I, I think it is. Um, but that third place or or whatever may happen, it could be very interesting because after those two teams, uh, I think there's a few teams that definitely have a shot. Scott Burton in the chat, our Magic Valley prepcaster. We're going to do that hopefully tomorrow morning, Scott, if you're watching this. Again, tomorrow morning works best for me. He says, let's go J-Town Wrestling. Jerome, of course, is bringing 12 from the Magic Valley as well. All three of those teams from East Idaho have an individual that I think could contend for a state championship. Coulter Burton from Century, Riker Vale from Bonneville, Mac Bogger from Blackfoot. Um, and then we'll get to the girls' side too, where Kiana Conrad is the overwhelming favorite in her weight class for Blackfoot as well as only a freshman. Um, okay, and then if we look at the 3A wrestling breakdown here, Sean, South Fremont is the defending 3A champs. They have been the premier power for a long time. They are coming with 20 wrestlers. Um, Fruitland with 26 is going to be hard to topple, but Marsh Valley comes with 12, and they're all capable of getting high on the podium and accruing lots of points. And then you look over at American Falls with 21 and Snake River with 18. Now, this is a three-team district, Sean, so it's not like there's a ton of bids available between Marsh Valley, American Falls, and Snake River, which means a lot of the at-large bids got snapped up by those three teams. It speaks to the quality of all three District 5 programs. Yeah, just um, a lot of parity, right? You've got a lot of um, different teams that can do a lot of different things uh, as far as it goes, and South Fremont sat at the top, but I mean, who knows now? I mean, Marsh Valley's been solid all year, so has American Falls, and um, you know, Snake River sending 18 kind of jumps out to me right away when I look at this. American Falls did go up to the North Idaho Rumble in Coeur d'Alene and they won the team title over like 5A Coeur d'Alene earlier this year. So we'll definitely keep an eye on it. 2A slash 1A wrestling, Sean. At the start of the season on the Match Chat Prep Cast, everybody made their official championship predictions. On that night, I said Malad, and I'm sticking with it. The Dragons are bringing 17, tied for the most of anybody in the field. Um, uh, in terms of Dark Horses, Firth, North Fremont, Westside, Ryrie. Ryrie, of course, won seven championships in a row, which is just unprecedented. Um, in terms of dark horses, though, I really like this West Side team. I think they've got a lot of potential to sneak into the top five and maybe even the top three. Yeah, West Side doing a great job. Um, yeah, it's just I think you've got you've got to have a lot of good things happen, right? You got to have people get into the top three or those high finishes for things to happen. Um, and hey, you know, good for you on picking Malad. I Malad's wrestling kind of uh, a little underrated. You know, sometimes we've talked about North Fremont. Um, cause they competed at some other things, um, some other big tournaments this year, but Malad, um, nice job to get 17 wrestlers there. Yeah. Our, our official championship predictions are in the vault. I will bring them out on our state recap special next week on the match at prep cast. Um, and then for girls wrestling, Sean, in, it, since it's been a sanctioned sport in Idaho, Eagle is the only team that has won the championship. They are right there in the mix again this year, bringing seven girls, uh, second most 
it's an all classification format. So five A's are going to be competing with, with two A's and one A's Thunder Ridge brings eight girls though. And if anybody is going to knock off Eagle, a lot of people think it could be the Titans. Yeah. Thunder Ridge, uh, doing a great job getting that program going, um, up in Idaho falls and doing a good job. And I heard you talking about this earlier today on one of the uh, prep casts is about how Eagle's the only one who ever has won it. So they have kind of the veteran experience, right? So, uh, it'll be really interesting to interesting to see. And you got some from skyline, um, and American falls as well. So, uh, what a great, great tournament coming up. Yeah. And kind of an unprecedented freshman class in girls wrestling this year. Um, Thunder Ridge, uh, has some good youngsters, Kiana Conrad from Blackfoot, who we talked about. Um, Jerome's got a really dynamic wrestler named Bez to check. There's a lot of good young female wrestlers uh in idaho that are coming through right now and it's really fun to watch so that's what we got for state wrestling that is this uh friday and saturday sean at the i still call it holt arena i can't ever the iccu dome or whatever they're calling it now up there at idaho state <laughs> well i mean the funny thing is on okay no they changed it it says iccu dome on the website i thought it said holt arena maybe on the track wrestling app um <laughs> somewhere somewhere it was still this is the whole thing i i'll probably call it the i call it the mini dome so yeah. it's a three name banger what do you want <laughs> <laughs> it's all semantics right okay let's wrap up with boys basketball district tournament action sean sna state bids have been snapped up left and right um, we're going to share our brackets on the screen and navigate through let's start with the very first teams that clinched spots at state sean of course, from our favorite 1A D2 Rocky Mountain Conference, Rockland and Water Springs playing in the district championship Thursday night in Rockland. No matter what happens, though, both teams advance to state because there are two and a half bids available to state this year. So Rockland's back at state. Not a huge surprise. Water Springs gets back for the second year in a row. And it, it took a lot for them to get here because they lost the uh, highest scorer in school history in in. Uh, Daniel Canfield. They lost Drew Plocker, another four-year starter. So they've kind of had to, uh, Coach Evan Bindenagel has kind of had to, to retool this team on the fly. And so congratulations to Water Springs for making it there too. Yeah, you know, kind of how we thought we'd it would pan out with Rockland and Water Springs. Um, it should be a great one Thursday night up, at, up in Rockland. I think I can say up in Rockland where I'm located. I feel confident in that. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it'll be good, and both of them will be there. Um, Rockland, always a, a highlight reel kind of to watch with Teague Matthews and Water Springs just, you know, kind of retooling, rebuilding. Because um, these schools are small, right? Some of these schools, are, they, are, they are small. They don't have huge teams. So if you have great players, it's hard to kind of fill those gaps sometimes. So Water Springs doing an excellent job um, filling the gaps. Yep, and then on the backside of the bracket, Sean, third place game is tonight in Bancroft. Number three, North Gem. Number four, Lador. Winner of that takes third and advances to a state play-in game, which is over here against the champion from up north. That's probably going to be the Wampus Cats from Clark Fork. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but three teams have a shot to get to state. They did it in girls. All right. They set the bar high, fellas. The ladies got three. Let's see if the guys can get three teams to state there as well. The other bids that were uh, wrapped up, so, so these were wrapped up last week, Sean. And then last night, we had three different, actually four different district champions get crowned. Let's start at the 5A level where 
the Madison Bobcats going back to state. They beat Highland in the district championship game last night, 57-41. This was a two-point game at halftime. And even into like midway through the third quarter, Highland was hanging around. And then Madison kind of turned on the afterburner. So the Bobcats are back at state. Highland now gets to play Eagle in a state play-in game. That's a tough matchup for Highland because Eagle was the number four seed out of District 3. And that that tournament is bananas. Sean Middleton, the eight seed, got an auto bid. Capital, the six seed, got an auto bid. Meridian, the two seed, went two and out. It's It was wild over there in District 3. I mean, it, it, the thing that's kind of becoming apparent um, this year, and I'll just say it's this year, is that the SIC is maybe not as strong as you think it is. Um, a lot of times it looks really good. It's like, you know, it's like that new car, but it's got a bad engine, right? It looks good on the outside, but inside it might need an oil change. But, uh, you know, Highland, I, you know, I want to say this about Highland. I mean, what a tournament for them. The three seed, um, they lose the Thunder Ridge. They come back and beat Thunder Ridge, lose very closely. It's got to be one of the closest scores Madison's had in the last quarter uh, or more half of the of their schedule. Um, and this Madison team is really good. So I wouldn't undersell Highland. Um, they're they're a team that's played a lot better um, as the seasons went on. But yeah, definitely a hard matchup. But we'll, we'll see. You know, we didn't think Madison girls would come out of there and they did. Um, so I'm not I'm not I'm not going with any picks right now. I think the Highland team has a shot and we'll see. Okay, you've convinced me. And Highland did this last year, too, right? They came in right around 500, won the play in game. You know what we figured out pretty quickly? Matt Stuckey's a really good coach. And after after a couple of swing and misses, I think Highland got it right finally. Get, yeah. get the, getting a good coach in there. And yeah, Matt Stuckey's a great guy. You know, he, he played a little basketball at ICU and Century. And um, he does, he t- coaches like little kids too. Um, my sons went to some things with him. And he's just a good guy too. Like one player went down in it, the Century Highland game and hit his head. And he like ran out on the court and made them stop to, you know, check the kid because it you know, might have had a concussion. And so it's like those little things, like those little things you do make you a good coach. And you, you can see that from Matt. Yep. Highland and uh, Highland got, got a great coach there in Matt Stuckey. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Sean, we had a couple of 3A district champions last night. Snake River beats Marsh Valley pretty easily, 73-53. Panthers are going to head to state with, we think, a top two seed. Uh, if you aren't aware of what's going on there with max preps and seating. Um, one team is missing from the entire rankings, McCall Donnelly, who's 15 and one. So I can't really say with confidence right now, how the three, a rankings are going to look, but we, and we know snake river is going to be there. Marsh Valley. Meanwhile, now gets the chance to earn their way to state in a play in game against sugar Salem. And that's because in the district six championship last night, Sean Teton knocked out the diggers 71 59. So Teton, Hey, just like girls, Teton yep. snake river going to state. Well, yeah. What a surprise. Well, I mean, snake has to win first though, right? No, 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 no. Uh, snake. So snakes in district champ. Or, oh, sorry. Snake river. I was thinking sugar. Sugar's got to win to get in, but yes. Teton's in. Yeah. I see what you're saying now. Mm -hmm. Sugar and snake blended together in my mind. Yeah, you're good. So now Marsh Valley will play Sugar Salem in this play-in game Saturday at Blackfoot. Uh, They played twice in the regular season. The first time Sugar was very shorthanded. Marsh Valley won pretty easily. Second time Sugar had basically all their guys. Marsh Valley won on a buzzer beater to win by three. So should be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Should be a good matchup for sure. Um, okay. So that's, what's going on in three, a hoop shot Two a hoops last night, 
The West Side Pirates, the number two seed, win the District 5 tournament over number one Bear Lake, 51-47. In my bracketology projections, Sean, I had West Side winning this district before it even started. And Bear Lake gave them a tough push, but I got to brag because I was right. I think West Side's been the best team in that league all year. Now they get the chance to go to state and prove it. Bear Lake, meanwhile, is going to be in a state play-in game against whoever takes second place from the nuke. District six, that uh, district championship game is tonight, Sean, at Thunder Ridge High School. It's number two, Firth, number one, North Fremont. Firth would have to win twice to pull off the district title. When they played in the undefeated semifinal right here, North Fremont won by 10. Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of think it's North Fremont's in the driver's seat here. I wouldn't be surprised if Firth came out, but a pretty interesting matchup. And it, I, it, it's just kind of interesting to see who will come down to play Bear Lake. I think it, it may be first a little better matchup than that for them than North Fremont. But I, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, Westside, what a great job. I mean, uh, we kind of talked about them a few weeks ago is, is kind of lingering in there as the, maybe the best team out of this conference. And they went out and proved it. Yep. I, I will tell you, I don't think it matters who gets at who gets to play Bear Lake between North Fremont and Firth. I like I like District Six to send two teams. I just I think Bear Lake would, would match up tough against either team, but I like Firth and North Fremont to both advance to state. Just a matter of who gets there through which mechanism, both really well coached teams. Okay. Um, let's go with the other district championship game tonight. Sean, it's a double header at Thunder Ridge High, so that North Fremont Firth game will be the second contest up first will be the one a D one district championship between Butte County and grace. You'll note Sean, when these teams played last week in the undefeated semifinal Butte County won in triple overtime, 66, 65, uh, yeah, 65, 63. Well, I can tell you this, uh, between volleyball and girls basketball, I'm sure they're very glad they're the first game. Like they will not be getting out of there. At midnight, I, I I mean, you almost could guarantee that because I'm sure they're, you know, fans and parents are very happy they were the first game on the docket um, tonight there at Thunder Ridge. But yeah, this is this is set up to be an exciting one. Yeah. So here are the key stats. I sent an email to Mindy Gamut. She is the Butte County coach um, asking about, you know, just a recap for my bracketology post I was doing. Um, Grace hit nine threes in that game. <laughs> Uh, against Butte County. Joe Clegg had 21 points. Kai Clegg had 16. Rafe Jorgensen finished with 18 for Butte County. Brody Westergaard had 23 points. Keaton Archibald finished with 13. Razor Duke, a very clutch three for four from the free throw line in overtime. And Trent Pancari came up with six points in the overtime session as well. Both teams had to dip way into their benches, right? In the triple OT game. And really the key was Butte County was 15 of 21 from the free throw line in that triple overtime win. Coach Gamut said, this win exemplified our core strengths of grit, heart, and team. There were key moments from every player at different times. We needed every bit of effort from tip-off to tip-off to tip-off to tip-off. <laughs> right? Because there's yeah. four tip-offs with all the overtimes. And, and, you, and you see that in overtime overwhelmingly as it comes down to people fouling out and what players come in off the bench and can step up and either hit three throws or hit a basket when needed. And uh, it sounds like uh, they got it done, uh, uh, done that night three times in a row. 
<laughs> yeah, and and both teams are deep. You know, Grace has got some good players off the bench. Butte County's got a lot of good athletes. The onus now is on Grace, though. They got to win it twice. They got to beat Butte County tonight and then Friday night in the if necessary game to pull it off. So Butte County definitely has the upper hand there and can clinch uh, the lone spot to state tonight with the win over Grace. And now let's wrap up in in Class Four A, Sean. Where, oh my goodness, Thursday night, what a rematch we've got. Uh, first of all, last Thursday, Pocatello had to go to Preston after Preston had swept the regular season series. Pokey goes down to Preston, sneaks out of there with a 66 to 61 win. And now Preston's season is on the line. All they got to do is beat Pokey at the pit. They did yeah. it once, they did it once this year. Can they do it twice? Now, this is an interesting fact. This same scenario has happened three times in a row in this district. So two years ago, it was Century. Pokey had to beat Century twice and ended up winning like this. Last year, um, remember, Preston um, had the the upset, right? They beat Pokey the first time, but then um, Pocatello came back to win, and now Preston gets upset. <laughs> so it's, it's the same course of action um, with the – three different teams has happened um right in a row so i mean who knows at this point um in the pit uh i it, i think it's just going to be a fantastic game and it, it's um you know i think it's going to be hard to for preston to beat them twice i've said that all year round uh, that you have to win twice and whatever team can win twice right is going to do it and uh maybe pokey gets it done thursday night maybe preston sets up one more game and if that happened that game would go back to preston so I mean, uh, get the buses ready. <laughs> oh my goodness. I wish I so wish I could be there Thursday night at the pit. You know, it's just going to be an electric atmosphere. Uh, yeah, Sean, you're going to be there observing. Yeah. And I know Dan Hubbard from KACH radio down in Preston. He'll be there for sure. Good colleague of ours. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an electric dynamic atmosphere. Preston's got to pull off the win at the pit. And then they have to win at home, which they just lost to Pokey at home to pull it off. So, but it, like you said, it's happened the last couple of years. So we will see. Just as much drama, Sean, in the District Six tourney, where uh, you had okay, so Hillcrest beat Skyline seventy-two forty-six. That's not too dramatic. But look at this other semifinal right here last Thursday: Blackfoot and Shelley. Shelley wins forty-two forty-one. Austin Sharp has a tip in at the buzzer to give the Russets the one-point win. Then on the backside here, you have this loser out game between Bonneville and Idaho Falls. Idaho Falls led by double digits, like in the third quarter, and Bonneville outscored Idaho Falls like 19 to 5 or something crazy the rest of the way through regulation and overtime to win by they won by nine in overtime, 75-64. They really cooked Idaho Falls. And then last night, Skyline beats Bonneville 67-48. So now you've got Skyline going to Blackfoot. Winner of that will stay alive for another night. They'll have to play, if we're being honest, they'll they'll have to play Shelley probably um, in the second place game. I still like Hillcrest to advance the state. And really, you know, if it's Shelley and Blackfoot in a rematch again, Shelly inherits the home court advantage by winning this semifinal game. That would be a fun one Saturday night. Yeah, and kind of something to think about is Blackfoot is a team that's played um, Hillcrest close at one point. Um, they took Preston to overtime, and they also had a very close game against Pocatello in the earlier in the year. So this Blackfoot team is kind of a question mark to me. I mean, they've been in games with the best teams in, in 4A, 
and then now they're having to find a way to just to get to the tournament but i mean what a, what a doozy it would be if it's uh shelly and blackfoot again um i think i mean it'd be pretty surprising if it wasn't at this point It'd be pretty epic for sure. And yeah, Blackfoot's just a real Jekyll and Hyde team. There's nights, and this has been over the last, since I've lived in Idaho, you know, I've, I've been here five years now. There's nights where I look at Blackfoot and I go, that, that's like a best team in the state. Like if they want a state title, it wouldn't shock me. And then there's some nights I watch them and I'm like, how did they get to this many wins? It's just, it's, it's very puzzling, um, but they always seem to come up in big spots. So don't bet out Blackfoot yet. No. Yeah. And like, I'm even thinking back to last year, Blackfoot almost beat Pocatello at state. So that was a close game. Javon King versus Julian Bowie. What a matchup there too. Unfortunately, we don't, won't have it this year as he's graduated. Javon King has, but yeah, Blackfoot, I, you can't count him out. And like I say, Shelly is not a team you want to have to go through because they're, they're going to ride right with you. I liked I liked Javante King until he committed to to Montana State University for football. That's the Grizzlies' arch rival. Oh, Can't well. abide. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, well, yeah. He's a good player. You know, good football player and a good basketball player. So, I uh, you know, go, go Montana State. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Shots fired at the end of the prepcast. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the East Idaho prepcast. Next week, Sean, in place of the normal East Idaho prepcast, we're going to have two special spinoffs our Idaho Matt Chat prepcast state tournament recap show, where we're going to recap everything that happened at state wrestling. And then also our IdahoSports.com boys basketball state tournament preview special as well. That'll be next Tuesday night at nine o'clock mountain time that's what we i'm trying to think here eight o'clock mountain nine o'clock might be eight o'clock mountain and either way um we'll get it figured out and pushed out on social media but that'll be next tuesday night sean so you've got the week off next week uh i don't but um maybe from from idaho sports but uh tennis season starts friday spring sports if you can even imagine we haven't finished wrestling we haven't finished basketball we haven't finished cheer and dance that's this weekend too um, probably have some highlights from that uh, the next time we meet. But yeah, spring sports start Friday. Nothing's done. <laughs> Paperwork is not filled out. Uh, we're not going home yet. Yep. And of course, Sean coaches tennis, uh, varsity tennis at Century High School. Good luck. I know your 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 real you know championship uh, Super Bowl season starts. Yeah, you see Friday. the Michael Jordan jersey back there. That's not because that's not just for show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to what's uh, what's going to transpire in the spring sports season. I am nowhere near ready to talk about it yet, though. So you're just going to have to table that for a couple of weeks. I will. I will. <laughs> okay. I will. Don't worry. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a plan. Well, thanks for tuning into the East Idaho Prepcast, everybody. Enjoy the competition this weekend, whether it's cheer and dance or state wrestling or boys basketball districts. Travel safely, and we'll see you back here next time. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.